0: Welcome back to another episode of a quick timeout podcast. On the show today is Coach Mark Cassio, Head Boys Basketball Coach at Catholic High School. Coach Cassio is going to talk about offense and not just the same old stuff. What Coach is doing down at Catholic is where I really think basketball offenses are headed. It's something that's already being done at the pro levels and like most everything else, I think over the next five to ten years it will continue to trickle down to the younger levels. So if you're looking into some new concepts for your team, this episode will be a great place to start. I want to thank again 323 Sports for sponsoring the podcast. 323 Sports is a team dealer specializing in sports uniforms, equipment, footwear, and apparel. To find out more about 323 Sports and how they can help your athletic program, visit 323sports.com. Hope you enjoy my talk with Coach Mark Cassio. Joining us today is Coach Mark Cassio, head basketball coach at Catholic High School in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Coach I know you got an extremely busy schedule, so thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show.
1: Absolutely. Excited to do it.
0: I'm guessing that most listeners probably are already familiar with you, have at least seen your name, your tweets on the Internet. But for the sake of those who may not, can you give us like a 45-second bio of who you are and where you've been and what you're doing now?
1: Sure. So, uh, like you said, I'm the head coach at Catholic High School in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm going into my seventh year there, uh, previous uh, to that, I was a head coach for six years, so going into my 14th year as a head coach, and um, recently I've started uh, doing some consulting, which has brought me kind of all over the place, and I've met a lot of great coaches. But uh, just passionate about sharing and learning about the game of basketball and, and connecting with coaches. So uh, really excited to to grow that business, but but really excited for for the upcoming season as well.
0: Coach Cassio and I are going to f- kind of focus most of our conversation today around offense. Uh, a kind of a disclaimer here, I try to use these episodes to bring as much value for the coaches that are listening, but I also try to benefit our program too. And so if some of these questions kind of sound specific, it's because we're actually planning to implement a lot of what coach Cassio teaches uh, this year with our program. Before we get too far into the specifics coach, um, if someone is unfamiliar with you and your team and just started watching some of the film, maybe a a Twitter clip that you post or some videos that you have on your website, there's probably a good chance that they're going to think that they're watching some sort of like dribble drive or motion offense. Can you kind of explain a little bit what they're actually saying when they're watching your team
1: sure that's uh you, you kind of hit the nail on the head uh, so the way we play on offense is our philosophy is we never want to face a set defense so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to try to play with a lot of pace which is where the game is trending to and, and a lot of space we've recently adapted a five out system that has non-traditional five-out spacing, but we were four-out for, for many years. Uh, what I love about our offensive system, that it's really versatile, and that it can, like you said, it can look like some motion or some traditional offense at times, but other times it might look like dribble drive. I don't consider it either way. Uh, I love some things about motion, and I love some things about dribble drive, but I, I Personally, me, I wouldn't want to run either one exclusively. So we found a really good way to blend both of those things where we could play with pace in the half court, give our guys space and freedom to make plays for themselves or their teammate. Uh, so it's a fun way to play. Everybody gets a touch. Everybody gets opportunities. But your best players have a little bit more freedom uh, where really everybody can gravitate to the plays that they want to make.
0: Just the other day, I had a coach contact me and ask me about some four out, one in stuff. And like you said, a lot of what you're doing now is five out. So, you know, whether we're talking about one or the other, kind of keep things general here. Uh, typically, when coaches are considering running any kind of new new offense, uh, their first thoughts typically go to like what's my personnel are my players uh, old enough maybe to run this are they mature enough to run this are my players skilled enough to run this what are your thoughts on those questions
1: Uh, I think those are all great questions and I I think that it's important for coaches to ask those questions because I always encourage coaches not to be the fly-by-night coach where we're going to change our offense every year based on our personnel what I love about what we do is that it's versatile enough to where you can run the same offense every year, but you can emphasize different things, and it can, it can have a different flavor depending on your personnel. But a lot of the coaches that might see my team play, they might say, well, my team doesn't shoot the ball like you, or I don't have the ball handlers that you have. And that's fine. And I, we haven't always been as talented as we, we are currently, but I also think it's a chicken-or-the-egg scenario. Are your players going to be the players that you want them to be unless you're developing them, or are you waiting around to, for those players to come on your campus, whether you're a high school or a college, or are you waiting to draft those players? I just think that the way we approach it is, what would I want this player to look like as a senior? And that's what we're going to ask him to do right now. But we're going to give him a versatile system that is versatile enough that he doesn't have to necessarily rely on those things that he can't do yet, where he can grow into his game. And now by his senior year, we're not asking him to do something that we haven't asked him to do for four years, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, so let's talk about those specific skills. What would you say are some absolute necessary skills that players are going to need to be effective in this kind of offense?
1: We give everybody the freedom to shoot the ball. So everybody's got the green light. So shooting is, you don't have to be a fantastic shooter or a great shooter, but you've got to be comfortable catching and shooting. Uh, and we shoot a lot at practice. It's something our guys do. You know, They get thousands of reps over the course of the season. We shoot about 30 to 40 minutes every day at practice. Uh, so that would be number one. And not all of our guys are great shooters, but our system is designed to create stationary rhythm threes and that takes your average shooter to a little bit above average, which everybody wants. Uh, So that's really important. The next thing is is just the things that happen a lot in in the basketball game. So your players are going to catch the ball several times. We're big on passing and catching. We're big on them working their feet Uh, and we attack closeouts and get straight line drives more than anything. So we're just... But efficiency is really important with our body. How, how are we going to start? How are we going to stop? And then it becomes vision and decision-making. So we don't work a lot of one-on-one moves off the dribble like, the, like a dribble drive offense might rely on. Um, it's more of just let's be good at the things that happen all throughout the game because I feel like sometimes we work on things where you might only get one or two opportunities in a game to make that play. We are the opposite
0: of that. So talk to me just a little bit more about kind of a breakdown of a practice. You talked about the shooting, emphasizing that. Finishing, I'm assuming, is going to be a large component of what you do. Although, like you said, it may or may not be one-on-one type moves. I've seen some of the drills that you've posted, some small-sided games, maybe one-on-one, two-on-two, that kind of thing. So what would maybe an early season practice, since this will be something that's released towards the beginning of coaches' seasons, what's an early season practice look like?
1: Great question. So... Really, all throughout the year, they're going to look about the same. Uh, we like to start being w- with something competitive. So we're going to get them warmed up really quickly. We're going to hop into something in the full court, something to get the juices flowing, something to, to have them start competing. Once we do that, uh, we're tracking everything, wins and losses, throughout practice. We're going to get into some type of technique. Uh, we're just going to stay with that for five or ten minutes. We're going to build some type of skill. And then we're going to immediately put that same skill into a game context. With the small-sided game, uh, we'll be, get some shooting in, which will also build our skills. So we're, we're very big on not isolating things. That, that first technique stage, we might isolate a movement. And then we're going to work on that same skill within a shooting drill So we're getting shots, using the same technique that we've already repped, into a small-sided game where we're using the same skills. We'll play some 5 on 5 and then we'll kind of rinse and repeat. We'll we'll go back to some shooting, small-sided games, 5 on 5 We don't have a set routine that we do every day, but it basically comes down to if we're not doing skill development, small-sided game, or 5-on-5, five five, we're shooting. So it just those four categories just naturally make their way into our practice plan.
0: This is kind of a side note, but I'm interested to hear what you do. I've been talking to some coaches lately, and you say 5-on-5. Five five. Does that look like half-court 5-on-5? Five five? Is that full-court 5-on-5? Five five? What are you spending most of your time on?
1: Typically, if we're 5-on-5, five five, we're going the full-court. We might start in the half-court and convert. uh um, One thing that we've been doing lately, which I've really liked, is we will play 5-on-5. We'll play with some restrictions like most people do, or I might just have a a one practice stopper in there that if if we we don't do this, that's going to cause me to blow the whistle. Uh, But we've also, if we do play competitively, sometimes we won't transition 5-on-5. I'll just have defense transition on air and they've got to score the ball in four seconds. Hmm. So for us, our jersey colors are black and orange. If the orange team scores a layup, they get two points. If the black team can inbound, score within four seconds, we give them a point. And what it trains your players to do is get to the next play, and, and then it's always building our pace in transition.
0: Okay, so talk to me more about that pace of play. How would you describe the, either the overall flow of this offense? Um, it could be you know, transitioning from defense to offense. How quickly do you guys get up and down the floor? How quick are you shooting? I understand it's a little bit different high school, no shot clock, but if somebody wants to implement this at the college level or at a high school that does have a shot clock, how is this going to fit into what they're wanting to do? Because I know everybody says they want to play fast. They want to get up and down the floor. It's like every coach says that, but not everybody does that. So what does that look like for you all?
1: Right. I feel like a lot of coaches say that in October and then when when January comes around, (laughs) we change our tune a little bit. Uh, For us, we want to play as fast as we can. Uh, We believe in the more possessions possible, it's going to favor us. That's the style that we practice. Um, so we want to make our opponent play our game. And we're always going to try to push the ball down the floor. Um, it, we're positionless. And I didn't really make the choice to be positionless. It was just a natural progression because of how dedicated we are to skill development. And a lot of people ask, you know, well, I have a post player. What would you do? And, well, then I would put a post player in the post. And a lot of times our lower level teams have a post player. and We'll go four out, one in. Typically, we're positionless one through four in that case. So the transition, when that player becomes a junior or a senior, typically they're ready to play in a positionless system because we're not going to develop him as a post player. We'll develop him as a basketball player. Uh, So we're positionless. Uh, When when we get a rebound, whoever rebounds assumes our point guard responsibilities. We run the two-sided break, which a lot of people are moving to. That's been a natural fit for us because of our unique five-out spacing. We flow right into that two-sided alignment, uh, where we're giving our guys the freedom to make to take any shot that they can, uh, as long as we have room, rhythm, and range. Uh, we're going to take open threes, attack the basket. Because again, I don't. If you're a pack line team or a zone team or a pressure team, I don't want to see it. I just want the game to be free flowing.
0: Let's get up and down because that's the game that we're comfortable playing. Mentioning zone, so you know, ideally you beat the zone up the floor, but in the cases that that doesn't happen, how does this work and what kind of success have you had against zone? Are, are there a lot of adjustments that you have to make? Are teams running a particular zone against you to try to take you out of this? What do you see zone-wise?
1: Um, we, we see all kind of zones and – We treat it the same way as we would, man. Like you said, we're going to try to beat it down the floor. Uh, We're going to try to to score in our early offense. If we do get in the half court, I think what's really important is that if you're a conceptual man-to-man team, when you see zone, you don't abandon that. So we found a way to play conceptual against a zone where a lot of times I would honestly prefer to see zone because... The ball can do a lot of the work. Our players get to be relaxed and just play decisive, fast, and free. Where what I would do is we're always going to determine our alignment based on the zone. So an even man front zone would put us in an odd man front vice versa. But we tell our guys to challenge the zone without moving. Let's let the ball move. In our man offense, every cut creates space. Against zone, if we cut probably not going to have a zone defender follow us, so it's not going to create space, so we don't worry about cutting. We want to move the ball as quickly as we can around the perimeter, take an inventory of who's guarding us, where are they leaving, where's the space, and then if we can't score at the rim or from a three with the ball moving, our guys have freedom to move. But a lot of our man-to-man concepts transfer to the zone side of the floor, so... Honestly, to install our zone defense – our zone offense takes about two minutes at practice. Mm -hmm. And then it's just all of our skills, all of our offensive concepts that we run, go do it against the zone. And uh, worst case scenario, if our guys have to do a lot of movement, I tell them, pretend that you went to the YMCA on a Saturday, the other team played zone, what would you do? You would go have fun and move and attack. In uh, play free so that's what I would want my team to do because I find most coaches fear a zone because they're worried they're going to get stagnant and I would just say maybe it's because you're asking your players to run a whole lot of offense instead of attack
0: you've had a few years to run this and analyze it what are three or four reasons why you think this kind of offense is so effective against defenses don't feel like you have to come up with something new I mean ha- knowing What I do about the offense and about you and some of the things that you talked about when you came and visited us, you've really already touched on them, I think. But if you just kind of want to like summarize them for coaches who are kind of thinking about this, what would be the three or four bullet points as to why you think this is so effective?
1: I think the first thing is when I look at it from a scouting perspective, the teams that worry me on our schedule are the ones where they have five players that are free to make plays. And they're not trying to run a whole lot of offense because for us, we we run pressure man and we switch everything. So we can be really disruptive in the half court. So if I see a team relying on their offense to score the ball, I usually feel pretty good going into that game that I'm going to make them play conceptual because we're going to cut off passing lanes and make them put it on the floor. So, the reverse side of that is, you know, if I'm scouting somebody, uh, I'm always worried like, if we close out on this player, he's going to drive it. But if we don't close out on this player, he's going to shoot it. Uh, and, and to me, that's what wakes me up in a cold sweat at night is when a team has five of those players. So, that's what I want to be on offense. I feel like our offensive system doesn't let the defense breathe. There is no wasted movement in the offense. Every cut is designed to create space. So, Coach, if you pass to me, I might not know the cut that you're going to make. But what I do know is you're going to open up a double or triple gap for me. And I know that when the ball is in the air to me, it's my play to make. Where I find a lot of coaches that are trying to fit this conceptual style of basketball into their offense. Sometimes it's a square peg in a round hole where, if that's the case, you throw to me. I've got to wait and see what you're doing and I've got a decision to make. Am I going to go make my play or am I going to look for the action off the ball that you're creating? Either way, I think that that paralyzes the ball and even your screening can can hurt my space if I do decide to make a play for myself and I know I was really guilty if when a player tried to make a play and was successful that was okay. If he tried to make a play while we were running offense and was unsuccessful, I took him out of the game because he wasn't running my offense. So I think the biggest thing is it's it's very it's we've made the offense simple to our players but all of the kind of cutting edge concepts and where the game is trending to are present in the offense where it's some complex stuff but we've really found a great way to teach it allow our players to play in the moment
0: i know a lot of coaches and how they think and they heard you say that your team plays fast and they play out of concepts and they said nope this isn't for me or specifically nope this isn't for my players again you've had experience with this and you've taught it for several years how would you say it how does it go with your players picking this up how long does it take do they seem to understand it well I know a lot of it has to do with the teaching and the coaching and you being able to explain it, but how do your players do with this offense?
1: Um, I think one, it's, it's fairly easy to install because we're creating space and we see this offense as more of a style of play or application of skills. So it's, it's not a whole lot of, these are different things. These are different options that can happen. It's, these, this is some coordinated movement that we have, but all the plays are going to end up the same. Um, so we have a lot of ball movement, a lot of player movement, uh, but at the end of the day, really, we're just applying the skills that we teach every day. So if we're 2-on-2, two two, we can run our offense, 3-on-3, 4-on-4, 5-on-5, to where coaches will ask me, well, how much offense do you do at practice? My answer is anytime there's a ball involved because if we're catching the ball, if we're attacking the closeout, if we're breaking the three-point line, that's really the majority of the time that we spend on our offense. So if we're doing a – I think as coaches – I used to run this when I was a motion coach. I would would set up a small-sided game, and a player would say, Coach, are are we running our offense if we don't score out of this? And it would kind of aggravate me, like, I kinda got the sense that like, they didn't wanna run my offense. Now, in the last you know, eight or nine years of running this, I have never had that question because they don't really view what we run as an offense. It's just how we score the ball. So if I said, hey, we're gonna do three on three and we're gonna put offense at a small advantage here, they know that is our offense. We're just trying to create small advantages so we can take advantage of defense's rotation. Um, so I find that putting the actual quote-unquote offense in is, can go really quickly. When I go to a clinic with, with coaches and, uh, and teach them some of our concepts, we put it in in a weekend. The fun part is now you can spend the rest of the year and, and the years after that just fine-tuning and getting better at it. And not, okay, it's January, we've checked these boxes, now we have to add this to the offense. Let's put it all in and then the rest of our time is going to be developing our players so they're better within that framework.
0: We've had it for just, I guess you came and visited us about two months ago. So we've had this in our hands for about two months and have been working with our players and they, a small group of them, and they already love it and they are picking it up. Um, so I'm excited how, how it's going to work out for us this year. Um, I want to give coaches a chance to hear how they can maybe not only learn about what you're doing, uh, but maybe even the chance for you to come to their school or for you to do a short clinic or or maybe something that you're hosting in their area, what's coming up for you and where can they find out more about you?
1: Sure. So uh, first place would be uh, www.coachcasio.com is my website. That's a great place for us to connect as well as Twitter. My, my handle is at Coach Casio. Uh, so this weekend I'll be in Los Angeles doing a clinic. Uh, I'll have the next weekend off, and I'll be traveling to Kansas City, and I'm actually teaming up with Chris Oliver from Basketball Immersion uh, for that clinic. Uh, the, I'll be in Lexington and Charlotte and then Florida and possibly Chicago. So I'll be all around this fall. But uh, if you can't make any of those clinics – a great way for us to connect is through webinars or I also offer a package uh, where basically you can hire me as an assistant coach. And um, we do weekly webinars. Uh, there's access to film diagrams, you name it. Uh, what I want to do is if you're interested in building this type of offensive system, I just want to save you a lot of the troubleshooting, a lot of the headache, a lot of the figured out phase where you can implement it and have a direct resource. Uh, that way it's, it's going to save you a whole lot of time and headache on the
0: front end. More of a testimonial from me, but uh, he's got great stuff. If he comes to your school, this isn't like you sit in a classroom and he just talks to you forever. He's got tons of film, goes out on the court and does with it. It was great stuff. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time for us today. Hopefully have you on again in the future. We can talk a little bit more in depth about things. Just really quickly, if you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other platforms so your show actually gets heard. You can even make money from your podcast no matter the size of your audience. It really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and share the podcast with your coaching friends to help us grow the game. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.